Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 40, and we're going to be talking about isolation. Isolation as it relates to recovery, really how we relate to that. What are some of the signs that we see when we are in isolation, if we see the signs ourselves, or the signs of others and what we can do to help other people out with that? And a big question that I have for us this evening is if wanting to be alone is the same of isolation. But to get us kicked off tonight, why don't you start us out, Chris? Absolutely. I think in, uh, you know, we focus around early recovery. And one of the things that happens when people start their early recovery is isolation. Generally, you're coming back from rehab and something that gets pounded in your head is people, places, and things. And part of that is avoiding people and situations that you have been accustomed to, whether it's your dealers or the friends that you're using with or just general locations. So, you know, what I found for myself is you get back from rehab and you're avoiding all of these people and places and, you know, you you kind of go into this state of isolation. And I think, you know, something to note is there's a big difference between isolation, loneliness, uh, separation, and just avoiding things. So when I think of isolation, I really think, I think more of the negative connotation. Um, You know, I'm sure we'll discuss that there's both positives and negatives, but when I think of isolation, it's when you're alone and when your mind starts to wander. And, you know, I'll speak in the I sense, but when I'm alone and I'm scrolling through social media, I tend to have this, these bad feelings. You know, I am jealous of other people. I'm thinking negatively, or I should say I used to think that in early recovery. Uh, I'm not so much at that stage now. I think I've learned, uh, I've practiced to not isolate in a negative way. But early on, I just remember sitting in my room, uh, feeling bad for myself, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and just seeing all these perfect lives. And unless I trained myself, which I ended up doing to be thankful, uh, be grateful for what I have, you kind of go down in this rabbit hole. you know, I, I talked about social media and we've talked about social media and I I really can't stress enough that those things when you're when you're isolating and you know, I'll go away from social media, but I just remember as I was scrolling, like I said, going away from all the things that I learned in rehab. So you learn to meditate, which is positive. You learn to Uh, be active and stretch and do all these things and like I said when I think of isolation it immediately led me to not do any of those things so you talked a little bit about people places and things and and trying to avoid you know those those triggers or those scenarios or those people that you know would would get you closer to a drink or a drug 
So if people didn't go to, to rehab and, you know, they're trying to get sober on the, their own, what can they do to stay away from that isolating feeling? You know, if, if you're newly getting sober, you don't have these tools yet. What are some of the things that you think helped you start getting into a sense of community that got you out of that old pattern of those people, places, and things and start creating this new pattern of a sober life? Yeah, one thing to note is, and I'll get to that, is when I got out of rehab, and I know you said, what can people do if they don't go to rehab and kind of gain those tools? One thing to note is it's the first time, when you stop using or drinking, it could be the first time that you actually get to know yourself. So you're with this person alone that you don't even really know. You're discovering who you are. You're, you're at, you know, through the next couple months or even years, you're essentially meeting a new person. So I think one of the first things to, to note is be honest with yourself um, and understand, be very cognizant that you're going to feel feelings that you haven't felt before. So what I would say is keep a journal. Um, and so that's one thing. Another would be definitely over communicate with positive people, with people that you respect. Um, you know, if you're working a program, people within that community. So, you know, I've said it many times on this podcast, but I talk to people every single day. I call you guys, even if it's to, you know, bullshit around. I'm talking with people and not isolating in a negative way. Uh, I said keep a journal. Um, going to meetings, what, whatever meeting it is, going to a meeting will instill a sense of community, a sense of purpose. Um, and I would say keeping yourself distracted and connected. So when I say distracted, joining that volleyball group that you've always wanted to do but never had time for or ever committed to because you were using join a sewing class join a this thing go for that walk go to the gym do something to be distracted and also connected to some greater thing other than drugs and alcohol i i, I like that a lot you know um for our listeners most of you know that we don't have any recommendations for any type of program. Um, but if you're not in a program, uh, it may be a little bit harder to find that sense of community. And Chris, I, I love your ideas. You know, join a gym, join a, a, a league of some sort, a sports league of some sort, join it, join a sewing circle, join, you know, something that has other people in it. Because I think that sense of community, especially for me, really brought me out of that idea that I was alone. And that's where that isolation uh, concept really comes in for me is that I always felt like I have to do this by myself. Every single time that I was trying to get sober, you know, I, I would either hear it from my partner, I would hear it from other people like, oh, do you really need to do this? You're going to miss out on so many things. And, you know, that, that wasn't true. And, and I know that now you know, because I chose a different route and I, I chose to get active with people that had similar interests with me. You know, I'm, I'm now on a, a kickball league and a, 
a dodgeball team. And like, you know, I have all of these different activities. I go to the gym a lot. Like it's just being around other people, even if I'm not engaging with them. You know, I know a lot of people make a lot of friends at the gym. I just go and I work out. I don't really make a lot of friends there. I don't really talk to anyone, but I go and I'm just around other people. And I, that really takes me out of myself. So Ben, you know, how about you? How do you relate to isolation? And what was it like for you when you first started getting sober? Um, isolation at the beginning was interesting because um, I went, I got out of rehab and I went to my parents' house. And so I was not, I was not really isolating because they were always there, which um, was super helpful, but um you know, but I, I did spend a lot of time in my room, um, just kind of contemplating, um, you know, everything that, that was going on at the time. But isolation at that point wasn't a bad thing um, because I needed to sit with the emotions that I hadn't felt for, you know, for 10 years, you know, so, you know, and experience them. And that was one of the things that, you know, a therapist early on told me to, to, to really, you got to sit there and you you got to sit in, you got to sit in the sadness and, and the, um, the pain and you have to feel it, not, not, not wallow in it, but you have to feel it. Um, so isolation early on was a much different, um, thing than it is now. Um, but, you know, I think very soon after, um, you know, getting out of rehab and, and getting into the rooms, and, you know, doing, um, uh, IOP, um, there, there was a, you know, there was this sense of community that really helped. Like, and so I didn't necessarily feel like I was isolated because I would start with a seven fifteen meeting and then I, um, and then I would, and then I would go to a group at 10 you know, so like half the day, like, you know, I would come back after lunch, you know, and I hadn't, and I had not been isolating the entire morning. So, you know, I didn't, I, I really didn't, even looking back on it now, it didn't seem like I was isolating, um, you know, for that second half of the day or whatever. It was just, um, you know, I think I'd had my fill of people at the, at the time. And I know we'll, you know, get to that um, as being alone, the same as isolation. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't, I haven't had an experience. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I think that um, because, you know, it's kind of to what you guys were talking about, about joining leagues or, you know, just being active or just doing something that incorporates other people. Um, you know, and I did all those things, you know, joined hockey again. Um, you know, I think it's important to have the, you know, in recovery stuff that you can avoid isolation, but also the out of recovery stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's between a seven fifteen meeting every morning, and then, and then this podcast once a week. Like, it's very hard to isolate and not open up. Um, you know, and and also seeing a therapist weekly. Like, it's hard to isolate. Um, I shouldn't say it's hard to isolate. It is, it's very difficult to not, in the, in the current situation I have, it's difficult for me to go an extended period of time with not 
opening up emotionally. I feel like you're trying to say it's hard to feel isolated while you're doing all those things in yeah. a negative way. So it's the feeling behind it. Right. Well, I guess my question then becomes, you know, living with someone else, whether that be you moving in with your parents, with your girlfriend, with a partner, if, if someone's living with someone, can they isolate while still living in the same house with someone? I mean, you, you mentioned that you were in your room a lot, you know, so I think that having that proximity to people doesn't necessarily mean that you're not isolating because Chris, to your point, I think isolation is also a state of mind too. Yeah, I can comment on that one. Um, you know, when I got back and even throughout my recovery over the last uh, 14 months, when my wife and I are in a bad state, when we are not doing well, when there's trust not there, I never feel more in that negative isolated mentality. However, the opposite is true. When we're connected and talking and laughing, you know, I never feel the opposite and happier. So I completely agree. You can feel that negative isolation, that state of mentality that we're talking about, even being right next to someone, even sleeping right next to someone. So it's definitely, uh, and for me, it's more of a mental state than an actual proximity to people. Yeah, I think it's absolutely, you know, yeah, you can be in the same house as somebody and, and isolate from them. That's not, I, I, that's not really um, a hard thing to imagine or achieve. I think we've all achieved it in and out of recovery. Um, but yeah, f for me, I, you know, isolating, like I've always been kind of an introvert. So like, I've always been, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed isolation, like even, like even as like a teenager and, you know, stuff like, um, and I was always the, like, you know, we, you know, we say you, you come for your drinking, you stay for your thinking. Like my thinking's always been active and consumed a large part of, you know, my, um, I was going to say my thinking's consumed a large part of my thinking, but that is just about as redundant as it gets. Um, wait, but no, what is it come for your drink and stay for your think? <laughs> I've never yeah, actually heard come, that. <laughs> yeah, come come for your drinking and stay for your thinking. And 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 so, you know, I always used to do like a lot of self-talk, you know, as a as a teenager, you know, when I was I, you know, you know, when I was started becoming a young adult and um, you know, just being in my parents' basement and just kind of trying to talk myself through certain things. And when, you know, that was dealing with anxiety or control issues, like I was trying to work that stuff out. Um you know, so now when I isolate, even in a house with somebody else, and it could be for whatever, because we need our space or, you know, it, you know, we, we need, you know, just time to, again, sit in those emotions. And so I, I, I still do some self-talk, but it's, it's my, my head's a little quieter now. So I'm able to kind of think through those emotions. And, and so even when I'm engaged in that, that, that separation, um, with somebody, you know, while still being in the same house as somebody, it's, it's not a, I, I, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't turn to that negative isolation. I don't, I don't let it turn to, you know, um, a pity party or woe is me or, or start thinking externally. 
I, I, I choose to, to look internally and think about my thoughts, my behaviors, you know, my motives, you know, what my intent is and, and trying to work through that and trying to figure out if it aligns with, you know, the way that I'm trying to live. So it sounds like isolating or maybe it's called something else, but isolating has some upsides to it. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Like it's, you know, I, I think that, and going back to the, you know, the end of my, you know, um, active drinking, you know, there was a lot of, you know, alone time spent kind of lamenting, you know, my lot in life, lamenting a marriage that, that really wasn't working and didn't feel like it was working, lamenting that I couldn't stop drinking, um, you know, just really feeling bad for myself. And, and so, you know, it, but because I was drinking and I wasn't in the right frame of mind and I wasn't spiritually fit and I wasn't emotionally healthy, you know, that is what made it negative. But for, to, to be in the state of mind that I am now, isolation has a lot of positives to it because I'm thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about myself in a negative way anymore. I'm thinking about myself in a positive way. And if there is a negative thought, it's how can I change that? How can I adjust it? How can I fix it? Um, you know, I think isolation for those who, you know, and, and I, and I, I, it's, it's easy to see isolation for me with going to a daily meeting every day and you know, the cast of characters and you know, who's a regular and you know, who comes in, you know, at, at two weeks or 30 days and who, and they're a ball of fire for, you know, to 90 days and they get to six months and then they're gone and then they come back and they're counting days again. And they'll say the same thing that, that they began to isolate, that they began to pull them, you know, they, they felt that they didn't need to still work a program. Or, and, and again, the, you know, echoing what Jason said before that, you know, we're, we're not advocating any 12 step program, but it's, it's, it's not about a particular program. It's about living by a, a code, a set of values, ethics, morals, that you have the courage of your convictions about, you know, it's not about like, and however you find that, that's really what we're, what we talk about. You know, it's about finding that, that way of living that makes you want to be a better person. And so when you isolate and you isolate from that, you, you then, you just turn it back in on yourself. And if you're, again, if you're not spiritually fit, if you're not emotionally, and I won't even say, I'll, I'll even pull that back. I, if you're not in a, a good emotional place, because spirituality is not for everybody, religion is not for everybody, 12 steps aren't for everybody, four steps aren't for everybody, you know, CBT is not for everybody, it, it's, I get it. But if you aren't emotionally on a solid base, you know, as soon as you, you're, the mind is a tricky, tricky thing. And as soon as it turns in on you, it just starts feeding on itself. And before you know it, you're back to, the, you know, the things that, that made all that stuff go away, whether that's a drink or a drug. 
I would counter what I said in the beginning with you don't know yourself and that could be negative and that could leave you in this mental uh, spiral with the opposite. It also, if you're cognizant about what is going on, you can get to know yourself. You can learn how to be an adult. It, you can learn how to be fill in the blank. It gives you time. Um, you know, you can do those activities. It just, in the beginning of recovery, it can go either way. And, you know, Ben, you touched on the negative a little with, you know, it, the isolation can make you start going to meetings and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. They might relapse or they might not. But there's sometimes no getting around isolation in the sense of being around people. And honestly, it's something that's very important in the beginning because you don't want to be around the same people, the same situations. You want to make changes in order to change your life. And it's just about having a plan to manage those changes. So, you know, Jason, you live alone. Um, You, I would say from the sense of, living with people, especially out of rehab. Um, how did that work with you when you got out of rehab? And what were the positives and negatives with your isolation when you got back? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I had the the fortunate privilege of having my father stay with me for a month um, after I got out of rehab. Um, you know, we... we got along pretty well and i even made that conscious decision and choice to make sure that we got along well um, because at that time he was still a trigger for me um you know we were still trying to do this relationship dance of of really understanding each other and and not trying to get into each other's way um so i had that person there for me um but after he left it was me diving into meetings. It was me making a conscious effort to reach out to people. And, you know, I honestly don't think there's very many upsides to, to the COVID pandemic. Um, except for one, it made me and forced me to reach out to people. I called people more. I, I, um, FaceTimed people more. I went to Zoom meetings. Um, you know, Zoom meetings pretty much saved my life. If it wasn't for Zoom meetings, I may not be sober anymore. Um, because I can I echo that. Have... I can echo that sentiment. <laughs> I knew I can you echo would. That sentiment. I knew you would, Ben. I knew you would. But I think you know, it's it's in all reality, it's it's so true because. I know that before when I was trying to get sober, I would go to a bunch of meetings for about 90 days, maybe a little less, and then start saying to myself, oh, you know, it's 20 minutes away. It's half an hour away. It's an hour away. And still to this day, I really don't have very many meetings in my local town. You know, I I think there's a handful. I, I just haven't looked for them. Because I go to major cities around me that have more meetings. And now it's easier for me because I go to dinner with people beforehand. I, you know, have, like you were saying, Ben, I have those people in the rooms 
that if I don't show up to a meeting that I regularly go to, I get a text message that night or the next morning saying, hey, didn't see you at the meeting. Is everything okay? I have the gratitude group now. You know, we've been keeping this gratitude list going for at least a year, maybe longer. And if I don't send a gratitude list or someone else doesn't send a gratitude list, we're checking in with each other. Hey, what's going on? You okay? What's up? And it's that level of community that has kept me sober. I care about other people in the rooms and other people in the rooms care about me. And so even when I want to isolate, I'm really kind of not allowed to because people love me so much and I love other people so much that I know that isolation is a killer and it will take me out faster than anything else because when I isolate, I think about all my resentments. I think about my fears. I think about all of that shit that I used to do and the shame and the guilt come back. And like you were saying, Chris, it's those thoughts that get into my soul that say, eh, sobriety is really not worth it to me anymore. So if I do what I need to do to stay away from that, then I'm going to remain sober. I mean, it would be um, a crime if we were not uh, cheering, you know, Zoom and I didn't chime in. Um, But it really is so true. I would not have to, I would, there's no chance I would be as active as I am in my program if it wasn't for Zoom. Like Zoom literally is the thing that, that it takes all of those excuses out, like, Because like you said, Jason, like, you know, finding this meeting, like COVID was a built in excuse. Like it was a built, not a built in excuse, but like, you know, and that, that, that's still something that I hear a lot of people, like people say that they prefer in-person meetings. Like, I don't like, okay, whatever. Like, sure. Like, I don't care where the message is getting delivered. Like, you know, I just care that, that I'm getting it from somewhere, you know? And, and so I would, and, and again, like going back to what I said before about being an introvert, like I, I would not have been able to, I don't want to say I wouldn't have been able to, but I don't think early on I would have been, I would have had it in me to overcome the anxiety of finding a meeting, going to a building that I don't know, trying to find the right door to go into, you know, if it's in the basement of a church, where is it, you know, I just, you know, I, I would not have done it and I would have found an excuse. And so Zoom takes that out in that you don't have it. You don't even have to put pants on and you can get the message of recovery with Zoom. Like there's no excuse. My sponsor lives in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. Like, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, and I so, so I think for me, one of the reasons that I've ne- I haven't had that negative isolation impact yet hopefully it doesn't happen but but like you were talking about Jason that that community that is that of that has been built just you know through zoom it takes away that isolation because people care about you like you know one of the things that I do is the um the CPP which is escorting med students into um AA meetings and you know 
that forced me to go and try other, um, you know, meetings. And so once I, once I found some, you know, it, it kind of opened up to that and said, you know, let them know, said, Hey, listen, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, Oh, we love it. It's great. And so I've brought a couple of the back, you know, back a couple of times and like, like it's, so it's just a room full of friendly faces that like, like, I don't know if I could have gotten that connection without zoom. And so the, the network of people that care about you, like you said, like there's, a, I got a handful of buddies in the regular, in my regular meeting that, you know, one in particular, like, like, and we'll, te- we text all the time, like, and he'll be like, bro, it's time for a share. Like you haven't shared in a little bit, like, like, come on. And, and, and like he gives that push, you know, and that's that community, like that you just, you know, that I think honestly, just building any way you can build the community, uh, the network, you know, that it just goes such a long way to avoiding isolation because you finally feel a part of something that's worth sticking around for. So this comes back to the question of if I want to just be alone, if I don't want to be around anyone, if I just want that time to myself, and Ben, you were talking about this a little bit before, Chris, you were talking about this a little bit before, but if I just want to be by myself, is that the same as isolation? I I think that uh, loneliness is not the same as isolation. You know, people can be isolated or alone and not feel lonely. And on the contrary, people can be surrounded by a ton of people and yet still feel extremely lonely so you know i think that it's really just about knowing thyself it's about knowing yourself and knowing how you feel at that time i don't think it's a bad thing to you know ben said he was an introvert and i know a ton of introverts and they get their energy from being alone from reading from you know recharging that way and you know that's that can be healthy However, it's, you know, it also can be unhealthy if that's not who you are. So, I mean, you know, Jason, I personally, and this is just from an outsider's perspective, I feel like you're an extrovert. So, and I could be completely off on that. But if I I were to see, yeah, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. I mean, all right. I I think you're right on on that one. Let me, let me say, Jason, are you an extrovert or introvert? So I would probably identify myself as an extrovert. Okay, so if I saw you staying at home and isolating and not coming out and not reaching out and not talking to people, personally, I would reach out to you and see if something was wrong. On the contrary, you know, Ben, on the other hand, I would feel like that's more on the normal side and that's him recharging, getting his energy. Yeah, that's... But like, it's, it's so true. Like one of the things that like, just, I honestly look at like, sometimes I just want to be alone. It really is Chris, like to that point, like just a need to recharge and just kind of like wipe the slate clean and just be like, you know, kind of, you know, inventory the, the emotions and, and, and what you've done and what you, you know, all the, just kind of take stock of it for me. I just kind of take stock of it and put it in its place and discard what I don't need. And I just enjoy just sometimes sitting in the peace and quiet, you know, whether it's, you know, watching a game or, you know, building a Lego set. I got a beauty of a a thousand piece lunar lander over here that my brother gifted me. Oh yeah. Don't give me that face, Jason. I'll tell you what, 
it is one of the most peaceful places I could ever, ever get to. And it's just, it's quiet and it's my, but my brain is still working and it's, it's, it's sometimes that's just what I need. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't think wanting to be alone is uh, Chris. I think you nailed it right, right on the head. You got to know thyself. Like you have to know why you want to be alone. If you want to be alone because you want to run from things and you don't want to deal with things, then that's not that's not going to help you because those things are eventually you're eventually going to feel you're going to get tired of feeling that way and then you're going to go back to the thing that that helps you forget you know and the things that we're trying to run from they never go away there's this amazing chart that um i mean jason probably knows it but the myers-briggs chart and it's a bunch of questions. I think it's like 150 or 200 questions. And you come up, there's 16 boxes that you can uh, have. And it's really good for employers to take. You know, my mom used to assess people with this chart. But what's interesting about that is I've taken it over the span of years apart. And I used to be what was an ENTP, which I won't go into the whole thing, but the first uh, letter is either E or I, which is extrovert or introvert. And I used to be an ENTP and I've changed now after rehab, after retaking it, our company does this and now I'm an introvert. So something to know, you know, we're going back to knowing thyself, know thyself is you can change and you will change throughout your life, throughout, you know, throughout changing, throughout recovering. Yeah. And, you know, Ben, while you were talking, I was just thinking to myself about how uncomfortable that would be for me. You thrive in being able to sit there and put that Lego set together. I would go crazy because I'm not doing it with someone else. You know, I'd be like on my phone or I'd be calling someone or I'd be, you know, seeing if my best friend wants to go to Mexico you know, like anything to like not just be alone. And I think there there may be something there too that sometimes I need to slow down and be by myself. You know, that, that has a positive to it as well without me being isolated. You know, being alone and being with my thoughts after 17 months of sobriety and just taking that time to chill and relax and unwind and not be so um, wound tight is a challenge for me. It really is. Um, And I think that when I get to do that, whether I go to yoga or I meditate at a meeting, it helps me recenter a little bit. And because I was always in my addiction, I was always running from myself, always running from myself. Now, because I'm sober, it's less me running from myself and me just wanting to continue to live the, my best life, you know? And, and for me, that means doing activities with other people where for you, Ben, that's you putting together that Lego set, you know? Yeah. The, the, the last thing I'll say on it is, you know, it's, it's listening um, to, to it back. It, it reminds me that, um, that I really, <laughs> I, my ex-wife used to think that I just didn't want to share my Legos. And it wasn't that like, I like with my, with my, my, my youngest daughter, Anna, she's, she's six. So she really didn't, didn't get into Legos, but my oldest, Julia, she, she loves Legos, loves them. But like very early on, 
that was one of the things we bonded over, but I was like very adamant, like, listen, I'm not helping you build sets. Like, because when I first built, I just raced through and build them. I built them for her. And like, there was no, there was no shared experience. And for me, and for me, it's just cause it's not about a shared experience. Like I love that she loves Legos now, but it's not, it wasn't about a, a shared experience because I needed to do it because I do it my own way and I separate my color and all this, and, you know, and it's just this mental health exercise for me that really does calm me down and just kind of lets me be at peace. And, and so, yeah, it was interesting hearing that, hearing that back, but it, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get to it tonight. Like I said, it's over a thousand pieces. That's, that's a weekend project. Well, there you go. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap this episode up. So a great conversation. You know, if you do struggle with isolation, reach out to someone, you know, don't wait for someone to reach out to you. Be proactive in trying to get out of your own isolation. And if you can't, send us a message. We'll connect with you. We'll chat with you. We'll help you get out of that isolation mentality um, as best we can. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is whether your friends are introverts or extroverts, especially the introverts, you know, don't be afraid to just check in on people. You know, you never know what people are going through. And that friendly text from you may be what turns them, uh, turns the corner for them. So great episode tonight, guys. And as always, each and every one of our episodes is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a great night, guys. Have a great night. Have a great night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.